every company that has thought their, their business model around an online strategy, I, I think that, that they are set to, to benefit from, from the current complicated global, global situation. Welcome back to the Global Startup Movement, where every week we bring you conversations, insights, and innovation highlights from emerging startup ecosystems all around the world. I'm your host, Andrew Brickwitz. Thank you so much for tuning in. Earlier this year, we published a two-part mini-series on COVID-19's impact on global startup ecosystems, and one of the featured companies was Casper, a Buenos Aires and Silicon Valley-based startup who was working on a kit to identify the coronavirus even before it showed any symptoms through molecular diagnosis via CRISPR technology. Over the past few weeks, Casper's test has been submitted for approval for an emergency use authorization from the FDA for their diagnostic technology, which is capable of delivering results in less than 60 minutes. I wanted to publish the full interview that I had with the founder, Franco Goisha, because even though it does get a bit technical at the beginning, uh, I think Franco gives us a deep explanation on what can be done with CRISPR technology. And as we move forward into this new decade, new advances in biotech will be made possible that CRISPR technology will provide essentially a platform for all types of startups to actually build on top of. CRISPR is essentially a technology that can be used to edit genes and allow researchers to easily alter DNA sequences and modify gene functions. Um, And once we get to that point, there are some key ethical concerns that I think are very important for people to really understand. And so that's why I'm publishing this kind of longer form, unedited version, um, because it's something that I plan to do more personal research into, and I hope I can bring in some proper experts to really unpack these specific issues for you all. But I think this is a great first step Uh, Franco also gave some great information specifically on the Argentina startup ecosystem and how that scene has responded to COVID, um, which is really in parallel what's happening to most emerging countries around the world. Um, But here is the full unedited interview with Franco Goita, the founder and CEO at Casper. I hope you guys enjoy. So I am here today with Franco Goita, who is the co-founder and CEO of Casper Biotech. Franco, thank you so much for joining us today. Can we just start this off with maybe a, a simple explanation of exactly what CRISPR is and how Casper Biotech is leveraging it? Sure. Thank you for, for inviting me to, to the podcast. Excited to, to, to talk today. Um, so, so yeah, let me start by, by kind of introducing to, to, to what CRISPR is and, and maybe how Casper is, is leveraging CRISPR uh, for, for this diagnostics purpose. Um, so, so CRISPR is, is basically found in nature uh, as the defense mechanism that bar- bacteria and archaea have against viruses. Um, and kind of the scientific community, uh, researchers in UC Berkeley Broad Institute uh, back in 2012 discovered that this mechanism could be used uh, as a biotechnology tool uh, for gene editing and for the specific identification of DNA and RNA sequences. Um, uh, And that kind of this system that was found in nature uh, could be reconfigured for for that purpose. And and, and it could be reconfigured very easily. And it had a a great sensitivity, kind of a great specificity on on how uh, it identified these DNA and RNA sequences. 
Uh, and from there was that this first application towards gene editing was described, in which these enzymes were used not only to identify, but also to kind of cut, edit, uh, replace uh, DNA sequences. Um, and kind of since there, a lot of uh, different enzymes and CRISPR systems have, have been described with applications towards different fields. Uh, and most recently, uh, a lot of work has been done around the application of Cas enzymes and CRISPR systems for diagnostics. Uh, and kind of Casper being one of, of, of the companies within the space um, and being able to position ourselves within the space by the discovery of novel CRISPR enzymes that we discovered kind of leveraging the the the, the resources that nature has given us and, and most specifically in, in South America. So we work with different research groups from South America that have access to um, samples, to uh, the, the great biodiversity that, that the region brings. Um, and from these mostly extreme places, such as Antarctica, uh, some of the biggest salt deserts in, in, in the world and, and, and other places with, with really interesting conditions is that we do bioinformatic searches uh, oriented towards novel CRISPR systems. Uh, and from there is that we've discovered um, very interesting novel CRISPR gas enzymes that, I mean, we, that discovery is not just for, for the general interest in, in, in finding a new enzyme, but rather for the concrete application that we give those enzymes to improve our diagnostics purpose. So we're integrating kind of that specific search functionality that Cas enzymes have for DNA and RNA sequences into a diagnostic solution uh, and, and basically a diagnostics platform. Um, today, there are diagnostic molecular diagnostic solutions, kind of PCR being the, the gold standard. Um, the key aspect that CRISPR brings and Cas enzymes brings to, to the game in, in, ter in terms of kind of the differential and, and what we're mostly excited about is, is kind of the accessibility that, that it brings to molecular diagnostics. So kind of taking diagnostics from the, the centralized lab to the field basically. And, and by the field, we, we mean closer to the patient, to the clinic, uh, uh, and, and, and not only with applications within healthcare, but, but also within agriculture and many, many other industries. And that's what we've been doing since the company started uh, early 2019, doing validations for more than 20 targets, uh, many within infectious diseases, such as tropical viruses and, and, and others, uh, respiratory infections. And, and now, uh, since the beginning of, of this year, when COVID emerged, uh, very focused on on taking to to market our our COVID nineteen uh, kit based on on CRISPR and and, and our enzyme, um, and and recently having submitted to to FDA for 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 this kit that we've developed. And so, tell us a little bit about your story coming up as a, a tech entrepreneur in Buenos Aires, because I did see that you founded another startup called Ando before this one. Tell us a little bit about the story of just you know how how Casper came to be. I mean, my my background is is not a, as a scientist, but but rather uh, I I studied economics, 
while being in college, I, I started another company on the, on the tech space, which was called Ando. I executed that for about two years uh, when it got acquired by another tech player within Latin America. And, and kind of that, that was a, a first experience in which um, I, I learned a lot of, of how to kind of lead a, a, a startup and, and also realized that it was something that, that I truly loved, uh, kind of working nonstop, maybe 12, 14, 16 hours per day uh, for this vision or for this idea that, that, that one has. Um, but I also realized that if, if I was to, to, to put so much of, of my life uh, into a project, I wanted something that had this possibility of kind of making an impact in the world. Um, and, and in that sense, there were like different possibilities of, of, of how one could make an impact in the world through, start, through startups. Um, and, and I found this kind of opportunity uh, through various actors that led me to it, uh, which was kind of connecting with scientists and most specifically scientists from Argentina and working together with them for, uh, to, to, to start a biotechnology company. So I started meeting with, with different scientists from, from Argentina. Um, and, and I say Argentina, I'm from Argentina, obviously, as, as you were sure at the beginning. But we have a great scientific community with, within Argentina. And I mean, when I mean great, I, I mean, it's, it's a very big community. Um, and in terms of kind of, I think that within Latin America, Argentina is a country that has the, the highest uh, per capita rate of, of, of researchers uh, in the region compared to any other country. Um, and also uh, leading work from pioneer scientists within Argentina in, in the last decades being, being a region that, that has, a country that has obtained uh, several uh, Nobel Prizes in, in science. Um, and, and also having, I mean, being able to have a strong scientific community uh, taking into account also the, the great limitations that, that maybe this, this, this scientific community may, may endure in terms of the, the public funding that, that is made available, um, the time one can expect uh, for, for reagents to, to arrive because of tariffs and customs and, and different restrictions on, on imports. Um, reagents can take up to three months to arrive. And the funding for these research institutes can be one percent of, of what a, a research institute may get in funding here in the in the U.S. So really being able to do great work with very limited resources as, as, as a general rule to, to maybe the, the scientific community in, in, in developing countries and, and specifically in, in Argentina. Um, and, and from there, it was that I started getting immersed in, into this community um, and meeting with different uh, researchers and scientific groups. Uh, from the country to kind of drink a coffee or grab a beer or just talk about their technology, their project, uh, the thing that they had been working for the last 15 years, um, and maybe the what they had thought of it just in, in terms of their motivations for publishing, for filing a patent, uh, but, but seeing which was their, their interest of taking that technology from the lab kind of to the, the market for concrete applications. 
Uh, and one of those groups that, that, are, that I met was the, the group by, led by Federico Pereira Arbonet, Carla Jimenez, and, and Lucia Curti, which were kind of one of the pioneer groups within Latin America working with CRISPR, kind of doing seminars and conferences and publishing really interesting work, um, applying the technology for different applications, cellular reprogramming, epigenetics. Um, and when we met, we kind of were completely in, in sync of, of, of this vision and, 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 and this interest on, on taking the technology from the lab to uh, a concrete application in the market and kind of impacting hundreds of millions or, or billions of, of lives. Um, and, and kind of also very kind of very passionate about executing uh both being very in sync about being hard working hard towards achieve our our goals so that was at the very end of 2018 at the beginning of 2019 we started the company raised it raised a small pre-seed uh round from biotech investors in, in latin america and also indie bio here in, in the bay area and that is what kind of gave the, the kickstart to Casper and also this dual presence, both in Buenos Aires, in Argentina, as well as in, in the U.S., in San Francisco. And so, Franco, you've been uh, in San Fran over the past few months, right? Yeah. I'm sure you're having Zoom calls with you know friends and employees back in Buenos Aires. So, I mean, can you, can you give us some insight into uh, really what's going on in the startup ecosystem back there? Like, are there, um, you know, like, I guess my question would specifically be like, what sectors do you feel like this is allowing an expansion for because we're seeing a lot of different fintech apps delivery apps um actually growing you know growing their revenues during this period in places like uh, africa and the middle east um so where i guess where do you see that the positivity in sectors that are expanding in tech because of this so obviously like companies that have had their 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 business model oriented towards a digital strategy uh, or a digital economy from from the very beginning, they they are seeing a, a great expansion and increased adoption at rates that they've never seen before for 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 their services or, or their products, um, and kind of that includes us as the the kind of the main company in, in in within Latin America that is also kind of the, the most. Tech, most important tech company in, in, in Latin America is Mercado Libre, which is kind of it's, it's our, our way of, of e-commerce in, in, in Latin America, having a presence in all of the countries in the region and uh, a presence that when you compare that to Amazon's presence within the region, uh, Mercado Libre is much, much bigger. So um, kind of this shift from retail to e-commerce uh, from society in general with, within Latin America. I, I think that that has accelerated a lot and it will continue to, to accelerate in, in the next months and, and, and years. Uh, and also, as you say, kind of every company that has thought their, their business model around an online strategy, I, I think that, that they are set to, to benefit from, from the current complicated global, global situation. Um, in in terms of the same, of kind of the entrepreneurial ecosystem within Argentina, um, in 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 the last twenty years, 
the country has positioned itself as, as one of the, the leading uh, startup ecosystems within the region with a lot of unicorns beyond just Mercado Libre with Despegar, Globant, uh, and, and, and several others, um, mostly focused on, on, on the tech side. And, and here is when I think that in the next years, there, there, there is probably going to be a shift towards biotech. Uh, and, and I think that biotech within Argentina is, is also set to, to become one of, of, of the strongest ecosystems within South America. Um, and, and that is not only because of, of the presence of great scientists, but also because I see that the right players or, or the right actors that enable um, biotech startups to, to, to grow have located themselves in, in Argentina. Um, so, so this includes like very early stage company builders in, in biotech, such as Grid Exponential, which was very important in, in the case of, of Casper uh, for my immersion into the biotech world and also for the immersion from my co-founders uh, from the lab to kind of the, the, the corporate or, or the company level. Um, and kind of spinning off or, 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 or investing and, and creating more than 10 or 20 companies per Per, per year. So, so really good companies that, that are emerging in the biotech sector from Argentina. And I think that we're also seeing some of those from the, the rest of the region, and hopefully there, there will be more to come in, in the next years. But from what I know in detail, which is Argentina, uh, I see that a very strong biotech hub is set to build from there. I read online that originally Casper was actually working on the Zika virus. Um, and, and some other genetic testing. Can you give us, uh, I guess, some insight into that 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 period when you were working on that virus, and and maybe some some parallels in how uh, the Buenos Aires ecosystem has 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 kind of had experience with reacting and you know um, putting down a virus. Yeah, yeah. So since the very beginning, kind of the 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 way we approached. Um, the, the technology and, and the possibilities that it brought in terms of accessibility to for precision diagnostics is thinking of it as, as a platform. So um, not fully engaging with one specific infectious disease or one specific target, but you are doing validations for many targets in parallel because that is kind of a key trait that the technology brings uh, in terms of its ease of reconfiguration towards the detection of, of, of new targets. Um, so during the last year, at, at some point, we, we, we really advanced with tropical viruses, both Zika and, and Dengue, doing validations with hospitals and labs in, in, in Brazil, as well as in, in northern Argentina, with part of the, of the team traveling there in to, to those two places for, for validations with real clinical samples. Um, and having very good results that, that we published uh, in a paper, a paper that was recently published. Um, and obviously it's, it's a very big problem for um, these countries in, in South America of how they, they are able to, to handle and, and respond to infectious diseases 
such as these tropical viruses and and kind of the 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 setting is is a very low resource setting that has a lot of limitations when you compare kind of that application with the, the one that you may face in, in in the hospital of a capital city in Argentina or or in, in some other country within within Latin America. So 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 yeah, kind of the the core value of, of accessibility that, that our technology brings uh, being very compatible to that. Um, and even though right now we're taking to market our our, our COVID-19 kit, um, very quickly in, in the next month, we will also be kind of launching and, and commercializing in, in some countries around the world um, kits for other applications, which in, in, in many cases include tropical viruses. So, so, so yeah, we're, we're thinking of uh, Casper and of our, our product pipeline uh, with, with several uh, different kits for different targets in the coming months and years. Awesome. Well, Franco, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your insights uh, and, and, and best of luck. Sure. No, thank you for, for having me in, in the podcast, Andrew. Um, uh, and, and yeah, bye-bye.